Hi everyone, welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by Adam. Hey Adam. Hey Tony. How are you? I'm doing okay. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, don't worry, it's not just us. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Miss Carly Wiesel, who you may remember back from episode 192 in April of 2020, uh, who is joining us to share her experiences on uh, visiting the new Avengers campus out in Disney's California Adventure. Hey, Carly, how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. Excellent. We're happy to have you back. I know. It's nice. It's nice to like, come back. It's like visiting a city that you've been to only a couple times before, but you're excited to like try a new restaurant. Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, we we don't know how this meal will be, but uh, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> I, I'll leave a, a good I'll leave a good review. Don't worry. There you go. We're so, serving special the special tonight. Oh, what's it? What's that like a like a chicken pomodoro? No, it's steak pizzaiole. Oh, I don't know what that is. Steak pizzaiole, like with the with the steak with the red sauce on top, uh, served in Italian restaurants. I have never it's had good. that. Ooh, you got it. It's a it's a New York specialty. Oh my God, what have I been missing out on? I don't know. I don't know. But um, now see, I I thought the special meal tonight was shawarma. Ah, because we are talking way. Avengers Campus. Yes, and we will get into the shawarma because I have very strong thoughts about it. Excellent. <laughs> so let's uh let let's get everybody up to speed here. Um, if you're a Disney fan, you have to know that the Avengers Campus opened out in Disney's California Adventure, uh, on June 4th uh, of this year. Uh, after a long delay uh, due to the pandemic. Um, as a Marvel fan, I am very excited that it is open. Um, it is the first of what are three planned Marvel theme park universes. Uh, well, it, it's part of the Marvel uh, theme park universe. Uh, there are going to be three locations, uh, the first in California Adventure, one in Disneyland Paris, and one in Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, so these uh, Avengers campuses will unite uh, the Disney parks and Marvel heroes uh, in a unique way. And uh, as I mentioned, Carly uh, had the opportunity to be there for the opening. You were there for the opening ceremony, were you not? I was there. I was there for a media preview prior to the official opening. Um, okay. The the live stream ceremony, that's the type of thing we would usually be at as media. But because of COVID-19, we were all just sitting in our homes. <laughs> so we were not there. And then I was there for all of opening day. Excellent. Excellent. Well, well, I'm sure we will get your thoughts uh, as this show progresses. But but my first question is, uh, are you a Marvel fan? Oh, big time. Uh, like this land, more than probably any other land opening that I've covered recently, feels like it's for me. Like I'm viewing it not only as someone who critiques these things professionally, but also as someone who is like, so when am I coming back with my friends and what will I be doing there? I love the MCU. I have not really not. That's an exaggeration. I've not read a single comic. I don't know why I tried to just dance around that. <laughs> I haven't read a single comic, but I plan on it. I really, really want to get now that I've seen, you know, we're three shows in on Disney Plus um, and MCU TV shows. I I just want to I want to know more. So I think comics is the next endeavor for a fan like me. Okay, excellent, excellent. That uh, that that allows me to gauge where you are. Now, see, I'm a I'm old school. I'm in my early 50s. I've been reading comic books since like 1975. Uh, so I am I am in like fanboy heaven uh, and have been since <laughs> the release of Iron Man in what, what was it 2010. Um, 
You know, I, I have been like on cloud nine because we all know DC sucks and uh, Marvel, Marvel and Disney are where it's at. So I am I am ecstatic to see this land open and uh, really looking forward to getting your thoughts. Adam, how about you? You're a Marvel fan, are you not? Yeah, I like the um, the movies and the shows. I, I'm like Carly. I have not read any of the comics, um, but I do. <laughs> shameless, it's not shameless. This isn't a shameless plug. This is a free plug to. Uh, and I think Carly, you listen, you watch him. New rock stars on YouTube. He explains everything that's going on in the shows that relate to the comics. So I don't even have to read the comics because he explains what's coming from the comic for the show. So it's great. Yeah, they're they're really excellent at what they do. And it's also I don't feel like not having read the comics is a hindrance to enjoying it because they do take things from certain areas and they don't take other things and they kind of jumble it all together. So just being strictly MCU, I still feel like I'm getting my fill of Marvel knowledge. You are. You you guys have the benefit of not having the sort the original source material to to critique it against. Uh, so, so that is a plus, but you know, Marvel's got a, an 80 year history and the comic book universe is a great blueprint for the films and they steal a lot, um, from the comic book world as the outline for their films. You know, they do play with it and there's a little bit of license with what they do, but, uh, I think as an overall entity, uh, the Marvel cinematic universe has been built, uh, with a great base layer started by John Favreau with Iron Man and uh, just continued uh, with Joss Whedon's Avengers and then the Russo brothers coming in through the Captain America franchise and into uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, uh, which, uh, you know, 23 films in, we're waiting for the release of Black Widow, which is in, what, less than three weeks now uh, as yeah, of our tonight recording. We're back. We're just, we're on that Marvel train. We're just getting so much new stuff back to back. It's really nice to be back. I know. I think we have like nine movies coming out in 18 months. It's it's oh it's almost like a movie every two or three months. My brain. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good stuff. So uh, let's let's jump into uh, Avengers Campus. Um, it is a new land. We know that uh, a bug's land had to uh, had to go away, which did made some people did it sad. have to go away? Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. <laughs> it was time. It was time. That's just for Heimlich. I listen. I love me a Heimlich, but also that land was taking up prime real estate. Yeah, if uh, if I had to choose between web slingers and um, you know, a choo choo train, I, I'm choosing the web slingers. Yeah, seconded. Uh, so when we had you on, you had just done your media pre, your first media preview mm. for a so for a still under construction. I think it was under construction. Oh, deeply. Avengers it was Campus. it was it was mostly dirt. It was a lot of dirt. It was. Yeah. So from if you can I know 2020 was like the equivalent of 15 years in our brains. But can you like going from that day to being in a finished land a year and a couple months later, was there anything from back then that when you were there and it was under construction, you things were where they were supposed to be? Do you think they changed anything? Did they move oh, around? No, they were because they were pretty deep into it. Because when we saw it, it was about what three to four months before it was supposed to officially open. So when I when I say it was all dirt, like so the way they usually construct these lands, 
the pathways are one of the last things to be put in. So things look more under construction than they actually are, which is mm-hmm. something I've learned over the years of being like, I'm sorry, when is this opening? And they're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. Trust us. Um, <laughs> so when you're in there, it, it like it, it, they had all they had the structures up. They had all that stuff done. We walked the queue space um, of web slingers. We walked down to where the vehicles were. So I'm de- deeply exaggerating saying it was dirt, but it was kind of dirt. Also, um, we were there like right before they started putting stuff in the interior of web slingers. So it was very much still in the deep construction phase. But the weird thing about taking a hard hat tour of a land that is not done yet that some people may not realize is that when you're in there, you can't use your phone. So your phone has to be like completely off, completely bricked. And you like, aren't really supposed to use a tape recorder. So you are in there taking notes, like taking paper notes, like it's the 1930s. (laughs) And not only that, but you are wearing, if you're me, loaned construction boots that they give you because your boots do not pass the test. You're wearing long sleeves, long pants. It's usually hot out, a hard hat, safety goggles and on this trip we had to wear gloves so i was there in gloves with a pen and paper trying to like sketch out like okay like this is the store this is this building this is brick like trying to write as many notes as you can to remember it all because the second you walk out you start forgetting it so uh, my memories of it are pretty hazy but they you know like these things don't usually finish with like uh, just endless amounts of free time between the time they finish and when it opens. Like the, you know, construction schedules are construction schedules and like it takes a while to build these lands. So they were definitely on the path to opening. I don't know if they were afforded anything specific by having even more time to work on the land than they originally intended, but all of the things were in the places that they were supposed to be in. Okay. Do you think that they do the Pathways Last as an homage to Disneyland since we know that, uh, you know, they were laying asphalt like two days before they opened in 1955 and people's heels were sinking into the still uncured uh, walkways? I would like to think so, but... (laughs) So would I. (laughs) I I Also, like, you've got to remember, like, you're in these lands for truly 25 minutes, and so it kind of feels like me recounting something from my youth. Like, my memories are so hazy that now I'm like, that is true about the pathways, right? Like, I, I, it's so hard to remember what happens in there, but I think that's just because there's so much coming in and out, and there's so much dust that they, like, wait until a certain point to put to like finish things to like make sure everything feels done. Cause it definitely didn't feel done. Cause it wasn't when we were in there. Was there, uh, were you, are you allowed, do you know if there was a timeline on when they were opening as of March, 2020? I, uh, I don't know if they ever, I actually can't remember. My pre pandemic brain has left my body, but yeah. uh, I feel like they were either, I don't think they'd announced it, but they were like circling July. I feel like there were July is sticking out in my head. It but, was uh, uh, J- July 18th of 2020 yes. was the uh, date. Oh, uh, but they hadn't at that preview event. I don't believe they had told us the opening date because I do recall at that preview that they wouldn't even confirm Tom Holland's participation in web slingers. Ooh. And it was like a room full of, you know, 25 journalists all being like yeah 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 can you tell us is Tom Holland gonna be in this and they were just you know just not giving us anything and then it was announced at uh, I believe it was the annual shareholders meeting uh, so we finally got our answer thankfully but just happened wow. there. that would have been interesting if they didn't have them they uh-huh. would have go, yeah. go with so many generic 
some like nondescript actor. Huh. Yeah, I'm I mean, it's I'm thrilled. I we all know that he really enjoys being a part of the franchise, which I think makes it so much more fun. And yeah. I think he brings such uh, such personality to the character, which it just comes through on the ride. Like his portrayal of Spider-Man, it like really you can feel it when you're going through that attraction. And I think that kind of makes a difference for the better. Speaking of the attraction, you've ridden it a couple times. Yeah. So is can you compare it to an existing ride at Disney yeah. or somewhere else? Um, so the easiest comparison would be to Ninjago at Legoland, if you've happened to have been on that, because unlike something like Toy Story Mania, uh, you're not or Toy Story Midway Mania. You're not tied to a device. You're just you're just moving your arms. And so they're gesture tracking your upper body, your uh, your shoulders, your arms, your torso so that you are the controller, essentially. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, it it makes a much more like curated experience, not to sound like, like fancy, but uh, it really allows you to do whatever you want when you're in there. You're not really working against the boundaries of having a physical object you have to use to shoot. So I, I think that's probably the best comparison, but ride vehicle wise, it would be, it would be close. Like it's essentially kind of like the Toy Story Midway Mania vehicle track, but also these vehicles are much bigger than you might expect them to be they feel big they see like five wide or six uh, they wide? see they see a total of eight but there's a wall down the middle and the people on the other side of you you never see or hear from them again like they're just on their own journey but the vehicle essentially seats two benches of four each operating their own ride experience okay all right so it's like double the size of midway mania because that would be two people per side yeah, and you, there's a like a pull down bench for the group. So, you know, it's a there's no height restriction. It's an all ages attraction. And so um, it's it's more of just like a bench with a lap bar and you're just in there slinging so, until your arms are tired. So there is a lap bar. Yeah, but like a, a long four person one. So not a little um, tight one, like not in a little seat. So like a uh, like a big thunder type lap bar. Yeah, covers the whole bench. Yes. Interesting. Now, would you would you consider the upper body workout to be comparable to uh, like a Wii game? Is it is it that intense? Do you work up a good sweat? You know, how long is the attraction? Um, I would say it's like a it's it's it would depend on how serious you are, <laughs> uh, because if you're real intense, you're going to be moving your arms as much as you can. My arms got tired, so I went from doing a web slingy movement to doing like a choppy choppy drumstick situation. I was tired because I tried too hard, but I think when I go back to ride it again, my main focus will be on kind of using the webs to latch onto objects and open them. Because the interesting thing is that you're not just slinging webs into the abyss. Like you can actually hit objects and manipulate them. You can drag them, you can open doors, things like that. And I really want to explore that technology further when I go back because there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. And I definitely have not unlocked all of its potential. All right, now maybe what you actually want to do is get a power band. Well, I mean, if we're going to get into it about the power band discussion, um, do you, I, I feel like one of us should explain what they are at first. If you would like to, I'm happy with that. Well, did you get an opportunity to use any while you were there? I did not, and I am perfectly fine never using one. <laughs> All right, Ooh. so uh, for those who don't know, the the power bands, uh, web tech power bands, web tech web shooters or repulsors are additional gear that you can purchase uh, 
you know, at a gift shop uh, in Avengers Campus uh, that will enhance your ride experience, uh, different, I don't, I don't want to say weapon functionality because web shooters aren't really a weapon. I guess they could be. Um, but it gives you different functionality inside the game, which, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like any video game you, you play these days on your iPhone or your, your Droid and you're buying upgrades and, uh, you know, additional pieces to your app. And it's almost like that's what they're doing with this ride. Um, which which is pretty unique. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm the type of guy I want one of each, but I don't think my wife would let me buy one of each. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get it. I so for me, I have been in support of this decision of theirs since they announced it, because the way I see it as a local as a California resident, um, there will be a time when we are able to visit these parks more easily and more frequently. And after, you know, we all, when you're a local to a theme park, you go all the time and you go on these rides all the time and they kind of get a bit stale. And I love the fact that if you choose to, you can purchase something and carry it with you and it can change your onboard ride experience. Now, for me, I am not interested in the idea of carrying something around. That's where it's kind of a deal breaker in my book that I'm that there's not a chance. There's not a chance I'm carrying this object around all day. <laughs> like, it's just not happening. There's so much stuff you already have to carry to a theme park. No, thank you. But I, I've seen a lot of people use them and love them. And I really appreciate that those exist. Um, they have been getting the weirdest uh, write-ups where people are like, oh, you spend the $30, then you can like cheat code your way to winning. And it it really, I mean, it allows you to alter your experience a bit, but it's not like paying, it's not like playing the, um what do they call the Disney Plus premium, <laughs> like the <laughs> when you like pay for a movie. It's not like that. Like you're not really getting something that someone else can't have. And it's not taking away anything from people who are just riding the ride. It just kind of gives you a little bit of a different power. And I'm sure there is some advantage there. But frankly, if you're buying an add-on to go on this ride, you're already probably riding in a bunch and you're going to be better at it anyway. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to poo-poo it because I haven't done it. But it gives you a lot. It makes you. It helps you win the game in theory. This. It. But the winning of the game is like whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter. So it's like, what are you? I mean, you're winning. I guess bragging points of the group. Well, right? it gives you. You know. It, well, it gives you. Um. It doesn't really get you to winning. It just gives you different abilities and. Uh. Because it is you're scored individually and as a group because because of that, like you can have one person in your group who's really good at this. And I won't give anything about the attraction away, but there are certain portions where I even noticed on my first ride that we would need all four of us to be working in unison to accomplish something. So the teamwork elements required to really level up on this attraction, like buying buying a buying an accessory isn't isn't going to replicate that. Oh, another oh boy. team, another team, team ride, like just like yeah. a smuggler's but, ride. <laughs> but, okay, okay. So if we're gonna get into it. The difference here is that um, you will not walk off nauseous due to someone else's performance. That will not happen on this attraction. Uh, and also, if you are, you know, let's say you're you're two people, you're mixed in with a group with two other people down the line. If there's if they have single riders coming on, et cetera, et cetera. Like if you are smushed together with other people. 
you can still just have your own journey independently and hit stuff on your own. You just won't, you probably won't accidentally top out unless you all work together. So you can still get your own individual high score and still work towards unlocking certain things. You just won't hit that high group score. Most likely if you're with, with a bunch of strangers. Um, Excellent. That, that's good to know because I always get that six year old kid who wants to pilot the millennium Falcon and then just, you know, flies us into everything. Yes. Uh, and someone, uh, you not knowing and someone on your bench and their performance, because, you know, it's all ages. So you literally could be next to a baby. So <laughs> like <laughs> them not, you know, not having a full grasp of the game. It doesn't negatively impact your experience of shooting stuff. Whereas <laughs> on that other ride, it absolutely does negatively impact the way you experience it. Um. Speaking of the way you experience it, D, is there any? First of all, I have not been able to see if there's like a real, real wheelchair accessible vehicle. Do you know anything about that? If that is a thing or not? I am not sure. Um, I feel like it would be a transfer, but because I, I really haven't. This is the problem. So usually, when a land opens, someone who lives locally who, like me, had the top-tier annual pass, I would go back over and over and over to, like, learn more about the land, like, figure everything out for people who weren't there, kind of get the full gist of it. Mm -hmm. And because of the way things are now, like, I paid, like, it was a $200 ticket, basically, to be able to go opening day. And so it's not really, it doesn't make much financial sense for me to go back to, like, see anything else I missed. So I really had to smoosh it all into one day. So there are like small details that I, I still don't know about because it was, you know, opening day was pretty hectic and I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it all. Yeah. Cause I, cause uh, midway mania or, or mania, whatever it's called now, toy story, whatever, whatever they're calling it these days. Um, they do have a wheelchair accessible ride vehicle where that you could wheel your chair right up into it, which I, which, well, Actually, I'm looking at the website and it says guests must transfer from their ECV to an available wheelchair in order to experience this attraction. So I am not sure, but I will try to find out. Great minds do think alike, Carly, because I'm on that same page. uh, And Adam, just uh, for your edification, it is listed in the same category as Toy Story Midway Mania. So uh, must transfer from ECV to wheelchair to ride attraction. So So uh, So that means you can wheel a wheelchair onto a ride vehicle. That just means that the ECV is just too big, which makes sense to get into there. But a regular wheelchair, they can do it, which is good. It depends on the size of the ECV. So if it's yeah. a large ECV, they're going to put you into a regular wheelchair. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm unfortunately not uh, an expert on all of the details of this land yet, just because I haven't, haven't been able to spend enough time in it. Did you? I don't now. Maybe you don't experience this in your real life. Uh, but mo, any like, do you think you people are going to get motion sickness, claustrophobia, no, no, strobe no, no, no. light issues with this at all? Um, Round I don't. Noises? sensory things sensory yes because it is a digital experience so you know there's a lot going on on that display but um strobe i don't think so i'm trying to think through the non-show scenes like when you're just passing through and i don't i don't think there's any strobes in it but i i'm not 100 percent certain i would if that's um something that someone needs to know i would definitely look further into it because i personally can't I don't know if I can make that call, but uh, in terms of the ride vehicle 
so like on Toy Story Midway Mania, sometimes it does that thing where it whips you around and you're like, whoa, that does not happen here. You are truly like mm. just moving from scene to scene. It it your body probably won't even clock the motion at all. So that shouldn't be too much of a worry. Okay. And you're wearing a 3D glasses on this. Yes. Yeah. So I guess if that's if that if you have like some kind of um because not everybody can do 3D. Like if you have like a vision thing, I know like my father, for example, wears like Coke bottle glasses and 3D is very hard for him to to pick up with the glasses on. So I guess that would just be one thing to um to think about um the the extras that you purchase, the power band and the shooters and that is that at a gift shop at the exit of the ride? Yeah, so the the gift shop isn't physically attached to the ride building. It's uh-huh. essentially when you exit out of the ride, if you just kept walking into the next building, that's where the web store would be. So they don't really sell you these add-ons before you get to the ride, it sounds like. No, 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 no. It's it's really for people who are core fans of this attraction and want to keep riding again and again to experience different things. Okay. That's good. I mean, it's it's better it's that way than than they have like a cart on the on the line as you're waiting to get in, and then they kind of like you know sell yeah, it no, to the, you as you're walking in. The the internet discussion about these things has really been blown out of proportion. It's just like if you just want to go to the park and ride the ride, have a great time. And if you're like, I want to level up and try something new and experience a different version of it. By all means, go ahead. But you're not going to feel like dejected and like you're missing out on something if you don't have the accessory. It's kind of like there is a ride element to it, but it's kind of like buying a Banshee at Pandora, I'd say, where when you take away the the ride ability, it's like you're not. It's just something that, you know, you walk around and some people have it and some people don't. And it's not it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, I I should have brought this up first when when we were talking about Avengers Campus in in general is that the the web uh, building Worldwide Engineering Brigade, which is what the web stands for, um, it, from an architectural style, uh, the building is an old Stark autom- automotive plant. Uh, yes. It, it, and and it looks really cool because it's kind of got that 40s slash 50s vibe to it. And then it's, you know, like any building that's been gentrified, it, it, it's got some modern elements to it. And, uh, you know, architecturally, I, I think it looks uh, very cool. I agree. It's uh, that was the first thing I clocked when I went on that hard hat tour was how different it looks compared to most other theme park building structures. And then when you layer the modern details on top of that, because this space is a like a stem group it's like a group of very smart <laughs> engineers and scientists and builders and things like that like when you bring in all of their new tech savvy elements on top of this old structure it's just a really cool mashup that feels more real than most other placemaking that's cool now if you'd like a little more information on web uh they actually have a five issue limited miniseries uh out from marvel comics called web of spider-man uh, and it gives a little bit of background into the whole Worldwide Engineering Brigade uh, Avengers Campus uh, story. Uh, they did the same thing when Galaxy's Edge opened up last, uh, well, two years ago now. Um, they did the same thing with a, a five-issue comic series uh, from Marvel, just getting more into the story, more into the uh, you know elements of the land that you just don't get 
you know, if you're just walking in there. So it, it gave you some really cool background. Uh, I did read the first issue, but I, I didn't read the second yet. And uh, not only Peter Parker, but there are some other folks who are part of the Worldwide in- Engineering Brigade, uh, like Shuri, who is uh, Black Panther's sister. Um, uh, Harley, who was Iron Man's, uh, I don't, I don't want to say sidekick. Um, but the young fella, the young uh, inventor from Iron Man 2, no, 3, my bad, um, you know, he's part of this. So they're, they're, they are incorporating characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But that's what I love is that there's this backstory that nobody really knows unless you get into the comic books or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it all ties together like, like you know, like no one else but Disney can do, which I think is amazing. And I share that with you for no reason. No, No, it's cool. Now I want to read it. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the only real ride that's in the land currently. Well, no, that's not true. That's the only new ride that's in the land because we forget that Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy Mission Breakout has been there for uh, three and a half years, almost four years now. Yes. Um, And no real changes to that. That's in the same place. It's now just part of Avengers Campus suddenly. Yeah, um, I mean, basically, we a lot of us just tend to think of the new stuff as new, but the the official start of the land is over on that, you know, one of the three entrances. Like that is considered one of them. It is part of the land. They do have the Terran treats food uh, food kiosk stand, so they they have extended food all the way out to that area, um, which makes sense because it's more of a Guardians of the Galaxy esque food location. But it it is part of the land. It's it's part of it. And it's nice because that area just to the right of the attraction where it was a, a wall <laughs> for a long time. Um, now you can kind of walk between the two and just stand there and see entertainment happening in the land and still be near the attraction. Well, s- since you men- mentioned entertainment, let's uh, let's let's talk about that. Uh, there are, I think, four different shows currently uh, in Avengers Campus. Um We'll save the, the best one for last um, and, and go with some of the lesser scale ones, which uh, I know the Dora Milaje uh, Wakandan Warriors have a show. Uh, were, you, were you able to see the shows on the days that you were there? Were they performing? So I went twice for the media preview. We saw no entertainment. No, we saw Spider-Man, uh, but that was the only piece of entertainment I saw that day. And then opening day, I saw the full Dora Milaje show, the whole thing, like in the audience, ready to go. First show, I think, saw all of it. And I tried to see the Doctor Strange experience and didn't, which we will discuss. And I saw snippets of the rooftop show, um, commonly known as the stunt show. But it basically, what I love about Avengers Campus, which it you might not you might not agree with me, but what I love is that you go there and you don't know what to expect. Anything can be happening. Any characters can pop up. People are in and out. I remember on opening day, I went, I left my group and I went to just run back into, run back to like go to the bathroom and then meet them by Guardians of the Galaxy. So I like went through into the land and then back. And I, I saw like Iron Man and I hadn't seen Iron Man yet. And I was just like, I'm just going to the bathroom and Iron Man is here. <laughs> so it's really exciting that like when, when you least expect it, you'll see characters that just kind of pop up on the ramparts of the building or just walking around. So it, it's cool. But on the other hand, then it's like, oh, did you get to see everything? And I 
uh, I was reporting a food story. So my focus for those two days was on food. And so I sadly didn't get to see as much entertainment as I would have hoped to. But I saw as much as someone who was cramming in everything at once could have. Yeah, I I think that having the the characters, you know, Disney's always done a great job with streetmosphere type of of entertainment. Uh, Citizens of Hollywood, uh, you know, come to mind in in Hollywood studios. Um, but I, I think having characters around and the the volume of characters that they introduced during the opening ceremonies of of who's going to be there in Avengers Campus, it really gives the land a vibrancy and and a life to it you know it's it's not just it's not just buildings you know you feel like like you really are in a marvel land um that you're in that universe and it it just it plays upon you know and reinforces uh the content of the land and and i think that other lands that have opened at disney parks over the past few years uh, kind of lack that even though they were planning for that um but from what I've seen so far, you know, the stunt shows just just happening um, characters all over the place. The the stuntronic uh, Spider-Man, it like I said, it, it just gives the land a vibrancy uh, that I don't think any other land has. I agree. And as you know, as a fellow Marvel fan, it's really exciting because there are so many characters like there are truly so many people that you would want to see. And they really honor that. Like you'll you'll see so much stuff when you're there. And it's not in the I mean, I might get hate for this, but in the somewhat sad setup that they previously had within Disney California Adventure, where everyone just had their little backdrop and it felt so temporary. Now, like they're there and it feels like they're home and thematically it makes sense. And like the characters are are acting reflective of what's happening on Disney Plus currently. So the fact that everything lines up with the MCU as we are currently and actively experiencing it is incredible. I, I wrote about this in my sci-fi column. I, I think it, I don't even remember what day it is today. I think it was this week. Yes, it was this week's uh, sci-fi column that basically like Disney did not write checks they couldn't cash. Like they promised a lot with this land by saying, you know, oh, it's, it's a multiverse. Like anything can happen. And then two weeks in a row lining up with Loki, they introduced Loki wearing costumes that lined up with what was happening in the show. So I think there really is a very cool correlation between the land and what's happening in that universe. And the fact that you can go and really experience it in real life, in real time is so impressive. Yeah. Very cool. Except, except for the fact that we get to see taskmaster, uh, and he's not really due to enter the, the Marvel cinematic universe for another couple of weeks. But, you, you uh, know, we, there's <laughs> the whole, the pandemic messed things up a bit, but it did. I appreciate that they at least front loaded that for guests on opening day to give them even more, even if it was like a little out of whack with the release of the film. Right. Do, do they explain who that is? Because if you're like if you're not a casual fan you don't, and you've never seen him and you haven't been paying attention to like the Black Widow previews, although the Black Widow previews, they don't say the guy's name, the person's name in it. So you don't know who that is. Do they? say who that is who so i i only saw against? a portion of the show but 
what I will say uh, is that if you are going to this land and you don't really know that much about the films, I think a lot of people will kind of be like blending together as different superheroes. Like I wouldn't expect someone who isn't as diehard as some of us are to see Ant-Man and the Wasp and be like, that's Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I feel like some of those characters that aren't as, as public, like aren't a Captain America, aren't an Iron Man, that people will still just be filling in the details from their surroundings. So I don't think it, I don't think it would be too much of an issue. Do you think they're going to at some point fit switch back to like traditional meet and greets with waiting on lines to take pictures and autographs? So I don't know. And the reason I say that is because the way this land was conceived and built originally was that you are, you know, in an Avengers campus, like very similar to a college campus or a work campus. This is where all these people hang out and spend time. And so you are going to see Avengers interact with each other, wandering around who like, you know, these people have shared histories and like collective stories. So you will see Thor interact with whoever, like in real time in front of you. And while a bunch of characters wandering around the land is not ideal during a pandemic, like physically on the ground of the land, not up on the HQ uh, rooftop. Yeah. I, I don't know how they will be rolling that out and if that will be amended at all due to the current time. But I know that there was a, a line for Iron Man. There was a line for Black Panther. There's a, a kind of a lineup for Spider-Man. And I assume that other people will be wandering around like, and, and I kind of like that. I like that they they offer a little bit of everything. Does the Iron Man? I don't I don't remember from videos. Does he talk? I think he does, right? Yeah, yeah, he talks. Is it is it Robert Downey Jr. or is it, it somebody sure, else? It sounds like him. Ooh, that's. I good. got no complaints there. <laughs> the show that I think me and everybody is more in, most interested in is this the Doctor Strange Sanctum show. And I, um, I, from what I've seen, it looks like a cocktail party. Um, <laughs> this is the way everybody's walking around and then like, and then what's his face shows up from behind a door, but I haven't been there. Um, can you just, from what you've seen and know, can you just explain what's going on? Cause I don't get it. Yeah. All. So, okay. So the sanctum that is, is kind of off to the side of a vendor's campus, but it's this very beautiful space and i hear it's gorgeous at night which i sadly have not been able to see yet but it's this area that throughout the day you can you know you can wander through and just kind of take in the sights and then from time to time uh dr strange will make an appearance so i know that at the beginning they were like things just happen they unfold which i was very <laughs> into but for people planning you know one visit that's that doesn't really work. So I do believe they have now announced to set times. I know they did a few weeks ago. I assume they are still keeping those public. But, you know, throughout the day, Doctor Strange will make an appearance. Um, When I was there on opening day, it was so packed because the way it was currently working on opening, the way it was working at that time was that once you got into the land, if you left, you had to wait in line to come back in or you had to have a boarding pass for web slingers. So you couldn't easily enter and exit the land at all. You basically couldn't exit. So people were just hanging around the land and like everyone was sprawled out. So it had a pretty bleak, like I call I would call it like a, like an expo vibe, like a Comic-Con mm -hmm. vibe where <laughs> people are just like, just looking, just, just need a minute to sit, need to like shove some protein in their mouth. Like that type of vibe was around the sanctum. Yeah. Um, but I, 
my my main critique of it is that they should have maybe anticipated how many people would want to see this because it really is a a small space. It has a pretty small footprint and it's walled off. So it's not it's not like the Dora Milaje performing in the middle of the crowd on a stage. You can see them from far away. You can see them walk through the land like you can get a visual for them. Doctor Strange, we realized like, oh, there is a line to get into this experience for the show. We're not going to get in, but let's go to the side where no one is and we can stand and kind of peer in and watch it. But because of the way it's built, when you're looking from the side, you really don't have a vantage point. So unless you are in that space or just kind of crammed against the the doorway, I'd call it, like the entry archway, like you're you're not going to see it. And that's kind of a bummer because it does seem cool. And a lot of people want to see it, but it's definitely going to be the one thing you're going to have to plan around if you really, really want to see it. So, so size wise, are we talking, um, are we talking like the size of the stretching room in the haunted mansion or are we talking uh, a larger room, um, like a country bear jamboree size room? Oh no, it is not. It is not country bear jamboree size. Okay. It is, uh, yeah. It, I'm, I'm hesitant to provide any actual numbers, but it is. It, the thing that is most significant is that it's, it's limited space because it is kind of walled off, and you okay. have, there's like one entrance, there's like a main entrance in, and then on the sides there's decorative kind of like broken aged walls, which it looks, it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but then when you're on the side, you're like. Does it really have to be this beautiful wall here? Because I can't see a thing. <laughs> um, it doesn't even look like there's seats in there, so you're just standing and watching him do whatever. Yeah. Um. And I, that's gonna be my top thing when I do go back is to see is to see that experience. But it's, I mean, it seems great. It's cool. I love that they added that because it's because it is that small of a space. You have to wonder, like, was this something that was on the chopping block? Because it's. They went through with it. They built it. They added it. And it is like just another layer of storytelling. So I, I love it, but I still I haven't I haven't seen it. And I want to. That's why it looks like that's why it reminds you of like a cocktail hour, because like people are just standing, standing around waiting. They should have somebody walking around with champagne on a tray and seeing. I, well, I any. wouldn't say no to that in the middle of a yeah. theme park. Now, what is he what is he what is he doing? Um, I. So there's stuff I, I cannot say because I what I do know of it. I don't know if that's what the actual show ended up being. And I have not watched it online because I'm saving it to see it in real life. So All right. from, from, from what you did see and what you can tell us. Um, oh, I saw three seconds of it and then was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> are, are you aware of any audience participation or would it be Doctor Strange interacting with other Marvel characters inside of the Sanctum? In in terms of the the show experience from what I know, it would I think there would possibly be audience interaction. I don't know if that is currently part of it. Okay. Because I have not yet seen it and I'm I'm trying to preserve it. Excellent. Good to know. I try to keep like little surprises for myself. Usually I can get everything done on an opening day, but that was the <laughs> toughest opening day I have ever experienced and I had to try the entire menu at the at every location. So uh, I, I unfortunately just ate myself silly and then couldn't accomplish all the stuff I wanted to do. Right. I, I think that's one of the downsides of the Internet is the minute something opens, somebody throws up some 4K, you know, ride through or 4K, you know, recording of the Doctor Strange Mysteries of the Mystic Arts. And and I have to do everything in my power to not look at it because, you know, it's something like you say, it's something I want to see in person. 
I, I don't want a first person perspective. I want to be that first. I want to have my own first person perspective. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm right there, there with you. Yeah. Not to get off topic. I committed this, one of the sins though. Um, when, um, they opened up the beauty and the beast ride in Tokyo. Oh, um, nope. I don't even want to hear a thing. Nope. 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 I didn't I, watch it. I, I better not say anything. I won't say, I just, I, I, I broke down and I watched it. And, mm-hmm. um, because I was like, I, I'm the world might end. I might never get to see this. Okay, so I just watched it. This was, you know, it was June of last year or March or April, something like that. It's I don't remember valid. the exact yeah. time. Yeah. But I was like, I, we might never leave. I might never leave my house again. So I'm going to have to watch this. That's yeah. That's on my lengthy list of things that I absolutely refuse to watch <laughs> until I see it. First person, um, a friend told me a very small detail of that attraction, and I was furious. <laughs> so I try to go, I try to usually go in big blind for a lot of stuff, just not know anything until I see it. And that includes something that is truly a 60 minute drive away from my house. So now, have you rejected this friend forever and banished them from all social media <laughs> profiles? No, because it was a very, it was a very small detail that only I would take seriously. But right. I, I will. That's why I was like, no, 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 Adam, no. <laughs> like I can't, I can't let this happen to me again. No, it's um, yeah, I, it's like I try not to, but I broke down for that. Uh, I haven't like I, for instance, I haven't watched um, Mickey Minnie Runaway Rail Runaway Railway video. Oh, that's not, good. Good for you. I haven't done that yet. And I knew in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be able to get to Walt Disney World. I will be able to ride this eventually. The Tokyo thing, I was like, the world's going to blow up. Tokyo, Japan's never going to let us come in again. What are you not? They're never going to let Americans come in. But the day they do, I I am running there. (laughs) But yeah, I think they will eventually. Um, The Spider-Man slinging himself across the buildings. Is that as impressive as it looks on video? Yep. It's real cool uh, because I I didn't fully think that they were going to stick to the experience the way that they said it would be back in 2020. And they did. And essentially what happens is that there's there's a an early part of it where Spider-Man is is up on the top of the building, up on top of the Web Slingers uh, show building. He's talking to you. He's doing uh, stunts. He's doing a bunch of stuff. And then the moment happens. And then Spider-Man comes down the building and greets you on the ground. And so like piecing all of these different elements together really make that portion pop instead of mm. just being like, oops, something's flying, like making it this whole showpiece was is really cool. And if I was a child, I think my brain would melt inside my skull <laughs> because to <laughs> see like to see that and then have Spider-Man just like come down and be like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. Like it just the way they did it is seamless and it's really cool. It's like a real um, it's scripted, obviously, but it's like a real thing that he would do. Um, oh, definitely. Which, which I think. Yeah. Which I think makes it um, more like realistic as opposed to like staged. But like sometimes like the, some of these like like when they when there's like a processional of characters and they walk in and they stand in a circle. That's kind of like that's not that's not that doesn't happen. But um, but the Spider-Man thing looks like it would happen. Like he would do all that stuff, tricks, jump around, tumble, and then fly from one building to another, and then crawl down and then say hello, hey, how you doing? Because that's also yeah. part of his personality too. Yes, exactly. And I think that this land really, maybe more than anything else, honors Tom Holland's portrayal of the character because, like his 
personality and his portrayal of that character really comes through in every Spider-Man element of the land. And Spider-Man has the biggest footprint on on that land. And it, it you really feel that persona and that like lightheartedness and fun and like really enjoying and being excited about being a superhero, which you don't usually yeah. get with the other ones. And I, I think that they really <laughs> they did a good job. You know, like Iron Man's not out here like, yeah, like I'm Iron Man. Like, <laughs> you know, Spider-Man is just so, so excited and so young <laughs> so yeah. like still has energy and joy and <laughs> hasn't been like beaten down by corporate america so <laughs> he like he's just having so much fun and it really comes through even in like the way that they utilized a stunt corona stuntronic robot like the way that they used that to carry that personality through in this show is is great and it's also because he's a teenager yes he has he has youth you know he's not he's not jaded yet like you said he's not been beaten down by the man yeah, he's not he's not like Black Widow eating that sad sandwich. Um, <laughs> just being like, oh, another day of work. I um I just was thinking that since this is a campus, they should sell or rent out lockers for you to put all of your web tech power band stuff in. I mean, that would be incredible. I, I mean, would use it if they let you rent. If they let you rent the the items, I would be there 100. Well, the rent I'm just, too. Yeah. If I'm not if I'm not carrying around a popcorn bucket, which I'm eating popcorn all day anyway, I am not carrying around an accessory. And that's just yeah. me to each their own, but that's where I stand. But here's the I thing. Think... You you wear your web shooter. It goes on your wrist. You don't even have to Dude, carry it. I got so much jewelry on my body already. Like I can't I can't handle more stuff. I'm topped out. <sighs> I think be, the, that, be that way. I, I think the the locker room in an Avengers campus, I think that makes sense. And I'm going to call somebody at WDI and pitch that idea. And then I've thought about this. Please do. I would love a, pla- I'd love a place to stash all the food I plan to take home. <laughs> but speaking of food, good segue. There are, I've counted four legitimate food areas. Pim Test Kitchen, Pim Tasting Lab, Shawarma Palace, and Tehran or Terran. Terran Treats. There is actually a second location of Shawarma Palace. So it's... it's- Four, I'd say four brand identities, but in total five uh, food and beverage locations. So since there's two of them, is it is it that good that they needed a second one? Shawarma Palace. <sighs> okay, so if we're gonna get real about <laughs> Shawarma Palace, we, we want we want the realness. Yeah. So I um my main focus when I was attending this land was to eat my way through the land because there is so much food and I was covering it for eater, which is a food site. And I was very disappointed by shawarma palace. Um, there are two items for sale there. The main item is a, uh, I forget the, the names that they use for them, but it's basically like a, like a chicken shawarma, but it's not even really shawarma. It's more of like a pita with chicken on it. And it doesn't, it like, it, it. it's not good enough in my opinion, especially for that type of price tag. I would much rather go somewhere. And I mean, it's a very easy comp to compare these to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge with Ronto Roasters and their uh, Ronto Wrap and Ronto List Wrap, which is a a vegetarian version that they have at exclusively at Disneyland. So I would much rather have either of those than what they're selling at Shawarma Palace. Now the real issue here 
is the quote-unquote falafel, which is actually made of impossible meat. And that's because Impossible's name is slapped on the door of Pims. Like, they are a sponsor of the land, they have a corporate deal with Disney, and therefore the falafel is made with non-meat product. Except that falafel itself is vegan. It's vegetarian. It's fine. And the fact that they put impossible meat in there is a little yikesy from the get-go. But then when you really take a step back and you realize, okay, like we don't have a lot of food that's mentioned in this body of work. There's not a lot of mentions of food in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we are modeling this after what is uh, what is supposed to be a authentic shawarma restaurant. So to model it, you know, after something that it has like a lot of cultural significance and to strip that away to shove in a corporate sponsored product is very bleak to me and I cannot stand behind it. The falafel quote unquote itself was not, was not terrible, but it just seems like such a miss because it would have only aided the storytelling of this food location if they had kept it as the food that has been sustaining generations of people throughout the world. And instead they chose to take a shortcut and have it be sponsored by impossible. And so for that, I do not like shawarma palace. Wow. Yeah. It's, I think it's a huge miss on their part. I think it is culturally insensitive at one level and uh, on another, just short-sighted. I will agree with you there. Um, short-sighted, yes, uh, but we all know how it is these days with with corporate sponsorships, and you know Disney can't foot the bill on their own. So you know I kind of get it, um, but you know they bring in they bring in Impossible, but they ran McDonald's French fries out of the parks, you know, yeah. ten twelve <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> let's just be consistent. You know, bring McDonald's yeah. fries back in, please. Uh, Bob Chapik, if you're listening, uh, please bring back the fries. Adam, we, Adam got you to bring oh back God, the noodles. I, I wish, I wish they would bring back those fries. Um, but uh, yeah, to bring Impossible in and have them as a sponsor, it's it's a little crazy. Like I get bounty paper towels, you know, that's fine. You want to have an official soap, put it in all the bathrooms, but don't start making me eat Impossible, you know, based meat. Yeah, especially uh, or, or, when it's you're already doing a vegetarian dish um and also like if the food was great i'd be like yeah like that stinks but it's delicious and i'm still like this is overpriced and not what i would eat if i was here and i just wonder um impossible is like a is a brand name that people know and i wonder if that if they feel like that helps i've never had it the impossible meat i eat real meat <laughs> um uh, well but, i think know. that imp- there are some really good impossible products served at disney parks i just think that this one is unnecessary and makes the dish worse on multiple levels like a fried falafel would have been so much better all um, right so so that's a no from carly yeah don't, that's not what I, would be. I would be spending my money over at pim test kitchen please give us your uh, your thoughts on the pim test kitchen the food's good. The food is is really good in like a way like this park needed a quick service win, especially in a location like this, like right past the entrance. And uh, I I will go back here and eat again and again. My favorite things here are the pimini, which is just an an Italian sandwich. It's a uh, ham, salami, provolone cheese, I believe sun-dried tomato spread on focaccia. It's delicious. 
It is served with an arugula salad with pepperoncini dressing. Uh, it has a marinara dipping sauce. It's just a good mm. time. If you've heard of the famous $100 sandwich, which, whoo, uh, I won't get started on. Uh, actually, Listen, that's, so the, that's the media blowing things out of proportion. And as a media person, I've been trying to push back. But essentially, low-key, the $100 sandwich is a deal because it's cheaper than – it's just eight portions of the sandwich. And so, right. like, it's cheaper than buying eight portions of it. Uh, and it's beautiful. And I, it's it's just great. The pimini is a win. Definitely order it if you're there. Otherwise, the not-so-little chicken sandwich is fabulous. It is basically a fried chicken schnitzel, like a really thin fried piece of chicken on a teeny tiny bun. And you try to eat it, and your brain gets confused. And it's just, like, a very fun trick that doesn't sacrifice flavor because that thing is so good. And something cool that they've done is that the entree version has uh, it has like, I believe, a sriracha sauce on it and a teriyaki sauce. Is it sriracha mayo? I think it's sriracha mayo. I'm trying to remember. Um, so it, it, it has a bit of a kick, but there's also a kid's menu version that doesn't have the sauces on it. So you can have there's plain ones for picky eaters. And then there's like a spicy one if you want to try something different. And it's it's real, real good. Nice. Pretty- I've actually I've actually dreamt about that chicken sandwich. And I would say that's worth dreaming about. It's. I've had it, I've had like, I've had it hot and then I've put it down and eaten the other things I had to eat for work. And then I went back to have it cold and was like, this is still good. Do you eat that with a fork and knife? Cause the bun. Oh the bun no, no, no. You got to go mouth first. It's a challenge. Okay. I don't know. There's something about like, like holding my, not holding the bun. I don't know. I'm trying to do it in my hand and I just can't, I don't know. I'll have but to, I'll have to. Of it. Cause you yeah, know, those pin particles made it all, made it all silly. <laughs> Did you have the the you probably did the pretzel that is like a charcuterie board where they put the stuff around it? Yes, <laughs> yes. Because I think the that's a great pretzel, idea. Yes, that's a really funny way to phrase it. Um, yes, I have had it. Um, so yes, it's a great idea. I thought it was really interesting to basically use a pretzel as a nacho base and dump a bunch of toppings on top of it. Yeah, but. The problem with it is that just in execution, it's just really hard to eat. Like if I was at home sitting in front of the TV, I wouldn't mind. But we're in a theme park. You're splitting it with people. It's just really hard to – you have to like use a fork and knife and then like there's ingredients scattered all over the top. It's really hard to like actually eat at the park. So for that, Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't order it again. But I – do remember from 2020 they had said that there would be different versions of it coming out so if they did have uh, a different flavor profile from the one they have now which is kind of like blue cheese ranch buffalo style um i would probably try it again maybe they'll do like seasonal yeah christmas halloween etc the bar that's there the pim tasting lab oh i, I thought you were talking about the we're not just gonna gloss over the candy bar Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Talk about the candy bar because everybody likes the candy bar. Oh, my God. I've I seen the videos of the candy bar. Love the candy bar. It is the rare Disney food that is one of those like Franken foods that you see on Instagram, you see on TikTok, and you're like, oh, my God, like this is a trend moment. But unlike that disgusting pickle dog or whatever that mess was, like this actually deserves it because <laughs> it is delicious. It's maybe one of, if not the best dessert Disney has invented in recent years. It's so good. It's so good that I ordered one at breakfast and ate Ooh. it and was like, this is as delicious as I remember it being in 2020. So it like held up for a, over a year in my brain. And then I had it and was like, this is great. I had the media preview. I had it again. 
I had it. Did I have a media preview? I don't even remember. I've had it so many times now. I had it at breakfast and at lunch in the same day and couldn't stop eating it. So I had it twice in a day when I was also eating the entire menu on a table and still was like, I can't quit this. It's if you go, you have to get it, period. You have to get it. So they've made their own candy bar, basically. Yes, it's a homemade candy bar. It's essentially a brownie base with a homemade Snickers on top. And it's as big as it looks in the photos. It is as good as people say. It is like truly a a once in a lifetime Disney dessert. It's so good. And so and and they're serving at breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah, they were selling it at breakfast when I was there, which uh, more power to them because (laughs) that's it's a it's a lot for a breakfast. Like, I know, you know, you know, what Disney, we dance around the dessert for breakfast situation. (laughs) You know, we're just kind of like edging up against it and selling a. A whole like a foot long candy bar is really something, but I ordered it and then do it again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, yeah, you throw enough like syrup on a Mickey waffle, is it still breakfast at that point? If it's sold in the morning at Disney, it's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, did did you get to go next to Pim Test Kitchen, the Pim Tasting Lab bar? Yes. Um, I had everything there except for the beer cocktails because opening day, again, I've been to a lot of opening days. This one was a lot. Um, my friends and I each ordered, like, I ordered the whole breakfast menu. My other friend ordered everything at that location, and we never ended up getting the beer cocktails. We didn't realize until a couple of days later that, like, we paid for them and just never actually got them. Oh. So, like, it was it was chaos. It was chaos. Um, there's a lot of, like, it was just chaos, but, uh, I haven't tried those, but I did try some of the cocktails. I'll say like personal preference. The drinks they have there are not, are are not really my vibe. Um, I do not like hard seltzer. I don't like beer. It's not really my jam, but I think the glasses they serve them in are kind of beaker like, I think that's really cute. I did have some of the, uh, pre-batched cocktails and they were, they were all good except for the hard seltzer one, which was vile. Um, mm. But the other ones were they were good. Like we were passing them around our group among fully vaccinated adults. Do not worry. Um, and we were like pouring we were pouring them into cups. I don't want people to think we're just like doing a fishbowl situation. Uh, and we tried not them all. Anyway. Yeah. And they were they they were good. They were good. Um, I would say the snack molecules, which is the snack served there, is not great. It's just not it's not really worth your money. It's not really worth the space in your stomach. It's okay. Um, I think you're better off just buying theme park popcorn. Did now, um, is in time, do you think they're going to let people, cause it looks like it's a circular bar, right? With the bartenders are in the middle of it. Yes. Do you think they're going to let people sit at the bar and circle I, it? I do believe that was the original intent of it. If I'm thinking back to 2020, I remember someone asked about that actually at the media event and yes, but in, you know, in practice, just seeing how many people were in line, granted it was opening day, but um, I think they would really have to have the mobile ordering down there to be able to have people take up that real estate. So I would say yes, once things kind of chill out, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. And is it a full bar or are they only serving the cocktails that are only the cocktails? It's kind of like Oga's where it's um, they have cocktails that are pre-batched. So they're kind of delivered already ready to go. You can't order, you know, like a uh, Grey Goose. Like there's not there's not an actual full bar there. Okay, All right. Yeah. Because I'm looking at the menu and I 
they don't really have, like they have like one wine. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff on tap. So if you're a beer drinker, um, they have like very specially curated beers, I believe. Um, And the taps are really fun. The taps in person are really cool. They have a few of them that are popsicle sticks, which is, I believe, an homage to both Ant-Man and uh, Bugs Land. And then there's like bug themed jokes on the popsicle sticks. And they're all different, which is really cute. I'm sure you saw the Bountiful Farms Yes. on the ketchup and mustard bottles right yeah yeah it was cute um there's oh, also the an easter egg I which i don't even think i posted about so i don't know if someone told this to me who knew it and i don't know if people know this yet maybe not um so in pim test kitchen there like you order in the main area and then you go left or right and there's coke freestyle machines and it's like where you grab you know your napkin stuff like that and there's these gigantic soda cans in the ceiling that are supposed to look like they're what's feeding that Coke freestyle machine. And there's a little plastic tag on each of them. And I believe the tags on the left and the right side are Evangeline Lilly and Paul Rudd's birthdays. Like they're like bread, those bread tabs, I think. Yes. So like, um, if let's say like June 2nd, it would be like J U N two like that. Those are what those tags are. Yeah, and in real in practice, um, those tabs like are colored, and they're supposed to tell you when your bread was made. But I never understood how any of that worked. Well, in the real just, world, they're just birthdays. But now they're just birthdays. Did you have the the? I've heard that the um, the cosmic cream orb at Tehran and I might yeah okay treats is really good, but but. But yeah. you are a New York person. I I consider you a New York person because I'm I'm jealous and I'm, i spent um, enough time living there and yeah. i have a bad attitude so yeah, yeah. i could no, I, well, I don't know about a bad attitude but but um but bad attitude's we, more philadelphia i think we, than, uh, <laughs> than new york city but but we have the best uh we have the best everything in new york but we have the best like pastries and and desserts so how is that <laughs> is that cream or really that good Okay, Adam. So if you are if you are saying <laughs> cosmic cream orb and like uh like historic famous bakery in the same sentence, you are already in a world of trouble because <laughs> those are not that is not that is not the game we're playing. Um, the cosmic cream orb is essentially a a vessel for the innards of it, which is this like custardy kind of like cheesecakey purple goo. So. The dessert, I think what a lot of people like about it is the flavor profile. And like, if you're a cheesecake fan, it's super fun. It's purple. The exterior is like black and kind of like, it looks a little like glittery sand. So that's awesome. But this isn't like, I wouldn't hold this against like your, your favorite bakery. This is more of like a, uh, like a fun, silly, very Guardians of the Galaxy colorful dessert. Mm. I would order the candy bar 10 times before I would order this again. Ooh, okay. But that's right. you know, I just also I don't I don't really like cream creamy pastries. Yeah. The the churro they sell there is a problem. <laughs> is it really? The green churro? That's a yeah, circle? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's called the spiral ration. Um <laughs> it is like everything you like about a churro is out of the window. And instead <laughs> you are left with like a melted crayon. It's not good. Um I really hope they re-engineer that as soon as possible because um it is an ungodly color that should probably not be put in anyone's body. <laughs> and the like the dessert itself is not good enough to balance that out. 
All right, you're forced to eat one of these for uh, all eternity: the churro or the falafel. Oh, the worse? falafel! The falafel a hundred times over. Right. Bury me in a in a fake meat falafel. <laughs> I would eat I would eat almost I think anything in the land twice before I would take another bite of that churro. All right, so that's a no on the churro as well. Are you yeah. keeping track, Adam? That's I am, and that's a shame because Disneyland. I know this isn't Disneyland, this is DCA, but Disneyland as an entity is of course known for their churros. So that's a oh, shame that that happened. Yeah, I think it loses something like on a on a chemical level when it's not straight. Like something about it being spiral, I think it doesn't bake the same because the inside was like kind of gooey. It wasn't it wasn't a churro all the way through. It was definitely something different yeah. and not in a not in a good way. I just the way I feel about it is like if I'm out here researching, I don't want anyone to waste any of their money cuz this stuff is expensive. Like yeah. if and you're going to land with all new food, you want to try everything. And I just want people to have a good time and only eat fabulous food. The pin test kitchen is the food is sized um, fun, as I wrote it differently, uh, however you want to call it. Do you <laughs> do you like that? Would you rather have normal sized food? No. <laughs> Come on, man. We're like you're at Avengers Campus. They could easily have been like, this is a commissary and like served you a sad <laughs> piece of chicken. Like, I love the fact that they they really they hit this sweet spot where. They made these foods that are fun and different, but essentially operationally, it's the same process. Like they didn't really burden the food and beverage team by making these things. It's just like, oh, put it on a smaller bun, make it like a bigger chicken portion. And it's it, it makes it fun and it makes it feel like it's within the story without, as I've I've said before in my eater stories, like they didn't they didn't make it like a Hulk cupcake, which would have been so upsetting. Like they they honor <laughs> the stories and these characters, and these experiences in a very accessible way without making it kind of hitting you over the head with the story. So I think it's great. And That's it's, it's delicious too. If it, if it was huge and bad, we'd have an issue, but the food's for the most part, really good there. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And, and you said it before, like DCA's like quick service was kind of, um, lagging. Um, and I would tend to agree based on what I've had there. And, uh, I've, I mean, I have had uh, before people come for me, uh, I have had some good stuff there, but they really didn't have anything new and exciting. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have a, a quick service location that was like fun and like had a lot of energy to it. And so I think having something this rooted in story and also being fun, like because mm-hmm. at this point flows, isn't really new anymore. Like it's been there for a while. It's kind of a reliable place to get food, but but this is like is fun and new and interesting. And they're selling stuff that you really can't get anywhere else in the resort. That's true. So I, yeah. I think that makes it a home run. I love it. I plan on eating there all the time. I'm going to be eating. I'm going to be eating those entrees for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're saying there's not much fun in quick service food in DCA, you know, anything you. served in a cone is fun. Well, I'm I'm talking like with a chair nearby. Okay. <laughs> you know, what I'm, I'm talking like uh yeah, like snack wise, killing it. But in terms of like you go to a counter and order like a traditional QSR, that's that's what I'm going with. Because I do love those little those little uh chicken drumettes over at Pixar Pier. Like that's great. But in a yeah, but that's in, that's just like a stand. Yeah, I get what yeah. you get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I will never I will never speak ill of um the collection of cones, even though the cone is not 
it's not my go-to with when I'm there, but I respect people who enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what the world needs is a lot more respect these days. Yes. Did you um did you buy a spider bot? I did not buy one. I was actually I was unexpectedly given one um at the end of like the media day, which I'm not gonna like pretend like I wasn't given one. Um, but I haven't opened it yet and I will probably wait until a friend has one so I can do the battle stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> having one, like, they really unleash their potential when you have two, and I only have one. So. Do in the, um, I why I can't think. Gosh, I'm staring right at my words and I can't think. Um, do you build that or like the droids at at uh, Droid Depot and Galaxy's Edge? Or are you just buying whatever it is off the shelf? So you're buying it, but then there are, they're called tactical upgrades. Also, I'm realizing this is why I can never remember anything in my calendars because I have phrases like the spider bot tactical upgrades available at web suppliers. Like this is all that's in my skull. Um, you can buy these kind of character inspired tactical upgrades and you, then the spider bot takes on the personality of a different character, which I think is oh. really cool because you can kind of manipulate them to be more Iron Man or more Black Widow, things like that. Um, but like I said, like I only have one and I, they see they're, I've played around with them before and you can like battle them and you fight. And then like when one of them loses, the like, top pops off. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> um, and, but I, it, I just, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for my moment <laughs> to challenge yeah, another one. Um, yeah. Cause I just was wondering if, it's like the Droid Depot thing where you're building it on your own, but you're really not doing that. You're kind of you can add things, I guess. But yeah, it's um, it's less of a it's less about the build experience. It's more about the play experience. OK. Do you know if those interact with these web tech power bands? I don't for... believe they do. I didn't think so either. Anything I was reading didn't relate one to the other, which is kind of unfortunate because you would think you buy you know, these accessories for your hands and they would work with the spider bot that you buy. But I guess I didn't think of that. I will say the, um, the power bands, um, those were not something that we were told about in 2020. So I, uh, I don't know when those, they, I mean, uh, items like that take a long time to create, but I was not privy to that until they were announced publicly. So mm. I'm not sure about the two crossing over. Well, and they didn't announce them until like, two weeks before the land opened I yeah think. so that was probably all on purpose uh that 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 didn't even tell you guys because they were probably going to wait until very close to the opening of the land to then say hey by the way you can purchase these yeah i didn't ask you about avengers e-ticket ride oh okay so here's the deal uh i know nothing and i am i am happy to admit that because i think a lot of people are making a lot of judgment calls about when the e-ticket attraction that was announced at d23 expo 2019 about uh there being a secondary ride uh we know nothing there were no updates in 2020 when everything was on track there are no updates now i hope for the best but i'm just treating it like it's a far off thing in the future now there was nothing official about it um now I actually toured Walt Disney Studios through my uh, Disney Movie Rewards in 2019, and our tour guide told us that there would be a second phase to uh, Avengers Campus, and that would be the e-ticket attraction and supposedly a Quinjet ride, but that, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's not official. However, 
the art of new the uh disney's uh hotel new york the art of marvel opened up in paris and they actually have concept art from the e-ticket attraction for avengers campus as part of their art collection um and i've seen some pictures of it and uh it does look pretty cool now there's no telling if that's what it officially is going to be because you know like carly said it hasn't been announced yet um, but uh, there have been a couple of interesting uh, pieces of concept art over in uh, Paris uh, over the past couple of days that have come out. That's a really good tidbit. I I did not know about that. I was kind of looking at all of the like the I was more invested in like the New Yorky architecture and how they <laughs> redid that hotel than like the actual Marvel props. I basically saw everything everyone posted and was like, all right, I guess I'm going back to Disneyland Paris. Uh, <laughs> Because I thought they did such a good job with that lobby. The lobby looks so good. Um, But yes, so I basically treat, and this is just like personal perspective in reporting on this, anything that was announced prior to the pandemic that is not physically built, like there's not a show building, there's not, you know, like a cruise ship that is currently being worked on, things like that. Like if it's not physically existing in space yet, I don't necessarily trusted i just treat it as like maybe it will happen maybe it won't because i think that a lot of things that they probably didn't expect to shift are shifting due to you know (laughs) the park being closed for over a year so uh i i hope they open it i would love a secondary attraction there i think that is likely still the intent and the goal but i i i'm just i'm gonna enjoy the land as it is now because who knows how long it might be before that attraction appears yeah i think the um the the hard part to realize is that the um the show building isn't built for that yeah they gotta they gotta build a building first which which takes i know from experience takes a long time to do um and uh and the other thing but on the flip side uh these movies make the company a ton of money every year so (laughs) they will they hopefully they will be able to pay for it really soon if people start going back to the movie theater (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I mean, I would love, uh, honestly, I would love Avengers Campus to, like, take over the world. Like, I would love just everything to be Marvel-themed, personally, but um, I just don't want to get myself too excited because it was on a, it was announced when timetables were a little different, yeah. and I'm just, I'm just hoping, just hoping. Yeah. To wrap up this discussion, I wanted to ask you if, do you think this land is designed for the casual Marvel fan, the super Marvel fan? Is it for... Annual pass holders eventually when annual passes pass holders come back wanting to drop in for like a drink or a snack or is this like something that like people are going to enjoy like on an every couple year trip. I know Disneyland isn't really a we come every couple year trip. It's like more of a it's not like Walt Disney World in that sense, but it kind of is becoming that or it's trying to whether it wants to or not. I'm not sure if that made any sense, but I think no, it it made a lot of sense. Um, (laughs) I would say that I think Avengers Campus is designed for a Disneyland fan because I think it does offer something to all of those groups that you you mentioned. To a casual fan, you know who Spider-Man is. Period. Like even if you don't really know anything about these movies, even if you you know were maybe dragged to Iron Man three once and then never went back, like you know you're still going to get the same joy out of seeing Spider-Man flipping through the sky. So I think there's a lot of elements there that even on a top level, people will enjoy. And then for, you know, goofballs like me, (laughs) there's like a lot of hidden references and so many that 
I'm told it will take a long time to find all of the Easter eggs and the references. And I think the layers of that and the fact that this is a multiverse, so things can constantly be changing. They're not really backed into any one specific storyline. Anything can happen here. So for a fan like me, the fact that, you know, something could happen in the land when Black Widow comes out, something could happen in the land when the Eternals comes out. The fact that there is always going to be something exciting to go back for that other lands really haven't been afforded that exact situation beyond like Pixar Pier being able to have a new character show up like this is a Mm. lot different and I think that for diehard fans like me it's going to have me go back to this land again and again Um, in terms of annual pass holders I think that the way that they set up PIM test kitchen and PIM tasting lab is uh, is intended for annual pass holders. I mean, the fact that they will have seasonal things rotating in and out, they're going to have like a seasonal hard seltzer. Um, they have the ability to, like we said, with the overloaded pretzel, like they're going to be able to really introduce new food items here and there very easily in the setup they have. And so that, you know, for people, once you've done a lot of stuff and you've been there a while, that keeps you coming back for more. And then if you're only going every couple of years, it's just like the casual fan. Like you'll still you'll still see stuff that's exciting. And especially as the MCU evolves over time, it'll line up with exactly what's happening at that moment in time at the theaters and on Disney Plus. So I, I think it's really, really smart what they've done here because it really it can appeal to anyone. It's flexible. They can rotate things in and out. They can have new characters come in. They can have others leave like they can really do a lot with the land in this kind of flexible format and i think that's just gonna it's gonna make it appeal to anybody who's even interested in coming through those gates that's good because i know that like our listeners most of them are we have a lot of um east coast walt disney world listeners we have some from the west coast and you know we always encourage everybody if you can financially and time-wise to go to um both coasts because there's there's certain amount of there's many differences between the two and I don't think we're getting a Marvel quote unquote land anytime soon in Walt Disney World. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. For, <laughs> I would not put my money on that. For a couple re- for money reasons and for other reasons. Thanks, but, Universal. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's de- I, the fact that like they pivoted towards Spider Man because Spider Man is like pro- I would say it's he's the most popular Marvel character that they have, and um, it made sense to to center it around i don't want to say center around him but that's kind of what they did with having the attraction there and like that and um and i think um i'm not a big i i personally i'm not a big you know instagram picture person with the food and the and the walls and all that stuff but i understand that that is a big part of what disney is in terms of for marketing and how they promote their brand and um and i think they've done a really good job with pushing that as much as possible with this from what i can tell yeah, they've really they've made a place that's like cool to hang out in with friends if it isn't completely packed. Um, and it's just I think they really squeezed as much as they possibly could out of that land, which leads to, you know, issue other issues, like I said, with the Doctor Strange setup and that they have essentially offered too much good stuff. <laughs> so there's like yeah. too much stuff. And it's like not there's not enough space for all of the great things they packed in, which is if that's the issue with the land, they've clearly done a good job. Excellent. A great way to sum up uh, Avengers Campus. So uh, I think that wraps up the show. And we appreciate uh, Carly's time and and joining us this evening. Uh, As Carly mentioned, she contributes to Eater, uh, Sci-Fi, let's see, Travel and Leisure, 
Um, but I think the main place to check her out is on her website, carlywisel.com. C-A-R-L-Y-E-W-I-S-E-L uh, is how you spell it. Uh, Carly, is there, is there anywhere else you want to uh, want to push? Yeah, uh, lately I spend most of my time on my podcast. It's called Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel. Um You can find it at all of the places that they sell podcasts for free because <laughs> uh, they're just all over the Internet. Um, I do reported stories about theme parks. So um, I'm not going to give away the next few, but I just did a like five year check in with two other reporters who attended the Shanghai Disney Resort grand opening with me. Um, The three of us were truly fish out of water just in another country at a brand new theme park. And we talked for a couple, I think it was about an hour and a half about what that experience was like and everything we saw being the first people to go to this new park. Uh, things like that, like uh, reported stories about Velocicoaster and um, all about Avengers Campus before it opened. Any like in the know details for theme park super fans or just people who want to know more in terms of reporting. I recommend you head there. Excellent. Uh, and we recommend your, you as well. Uh, we like you. You're a friend I of the show. You. Oh, I um I uh personally I uh, I listen to Carly's podcast and um I love it and uh, Wednesdays it comes out so I get to listen on my Wednesday morning before I go to work and um I wanted to say also personally Carly that uh, I was recently with um three people who are who are I've become friendly with from Twitter and um some we got to talking and you came up. And they are big oh, fans God. of you. No, okay. no, no, they are big fans of you. So what I'm, so where I'm getting at is, and what we were discussing was how much of a positive, professional person that you are on the internet, and you're not some kind of like weirdo. So I, so <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, without without screwing this up, is that I and other people that I know appreciate you tremendously as a consummate professional. And just add as a nice person, and you're doing, I think, a great job, especially with your pod and with your um, uh, formerly Facebook group that I am an admin for. I will plug myself. That's what I do. And um, Adam it's does a, very you, good work. You have you have per, you have made a very wonderful like safe space for a lot of people on the internet to talk about theme parks, to talk about coffee, <laughs> to talk about other things. <laughs> And um and I just really I just want to personally I want to thank you for coming on our show and um and for just you know you being you because I think you are a really oh my, great person. Oh my God! Thank you so much. That is like too much praise for me to be able to accept. Um, thank you so much. As I like to say, the Facebook group um it's called the Fomaly. It is only good because of its members especially people like you who are shaping that space so uh i throw that compliment right back at you and i i I appreciate it i didn't really come into the the disney space until about probably seven years ago um i was already a reporter and then kind of fell into this so definitely coming to this from an outside perspective and now being so deep inside of it that I can't imagine someone's day not being filled with Disney news and updates and internet things. Um, I, I really appreciate that people were not horrified by my existence. So thank you. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and um, the only the only person that you got to be careful about is Olu Mel because apparently... Oh, my God. Apparently that turtle is coming after you again after I thought you... God. 
I thought you settled your 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 differences with the turtle. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't know when this episode is airing, but uh, long story short, if you are not familiar with my podcast, I said some things about Olumel. As you can tell, my feelings about fake falafel being this strong. I had a lot of things to say about a turtle who I at the time considered to be a grifter for many reasons, <laughs> um, to the point where I formally apologized after interviewing the man who created him and who was the sweetest man alive. And I feel very actively guilty about it still. Um, and then today I got an email from Olumel, who emailed me October 25th, 2020, who said, uh, here's a copy of the message I sent you in case it didn't come through on, on your churro hotline. It's Uh-oh. from Olumel. I shouldn't give out the email address, but it's basically like Olumel something something at gmail.com. And then I got another email today saying, I'm just a friendly turtle from the islands, and I'm so excited we're going to be best friends now because <laughs> I have decided to champion Olumel and be a fan. And that email comes with an attached voicemail that I'm too scared to listen to. So <laughs> check back next week's episode for uh, voicemail and two episode. Oh, uh, hopefully you're still around next week. Um, I know. You know, b- based on what you're telling us. <laughs> oh God, I'm so scared. I don't think I don't think Olumel is connected with anybody. I think I think he's alright. Yeah, but Olumel knows where to find. Olumel is Yakuza. Well, that's that's a heck of a way to wrap things up here. Uh, so if anyone's still listening, I'd like to remind uh, remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris's team plan your next Avengers Campus visit. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of Adam and our special guest, Carly, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.